Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the Gotham Sports Machine. My name is Mark Healy. I'm the host today with our co-host and NBA expert, Jack Healy, on the other side. Uh, hey, Jack, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're the next play in a week. The season's coming up, and I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Uh, and before we get to the Knicks, and there's a lot to talk about with them, uh, I do want to talk about the Nets. And I don't want to get into the whole – you know, vaccine thing with Kyrie Irving. But, you know, I've been listening to a lot of opinions and, and seeing a lot of news out there. And, you know, let's just say for argument's sake that the Nets are not going to be able to, you know, depend on Kyrie at all this season. Do they still have enough, you know, with KD and, and, and James Harden to win the East and be a NBA title challenger? I mean, you say KD and James Harden, like they aren't two of the best players on the planet. Like, I think it's, I think if they're fully healthy, it's going to be enough. They are both so unstoppable on offense and good enough on defense where it matters. And they got the depth this year. They picked up a lot of veterans. It's all going to be held. It's all, if they are all healthy, I see them doing a lot of damage early. So, I happen to agree with you. Um, if if Kyrie is not on the court, who do you think is going to fill that spot while Kyrie is not available to them? Well, now it just lets Harden – I mean, he's was the point guard anyway, so it wasn't like you, you're losing a point guard. Probably Patty Mills for now, but, I mean, yeah, it's a, you're losing a little bit on offense, but – James Harden averaged 34 a game before he came to the Brooklyn. James Harden could take on more scoring responsibility. And so can KD. Those are two scoring champions right there. Them taking more shots doesn't really mean I, – I don't see how, how much it's going to hurt them. I, I really don't. Especially with LaMarcus Aldridge potentially coming back. If he can bring some offense, that's just, that's just a, that's a paint presence with Blake Griffin, who looked good last year. I just don't see – it's going to affect them, but not as much as people think. What about the mental aspect of not having Kyrie there? You know, the fact that, obviously, you can't, you can't say it's not going to be a distraction all season. But uh, is, is Kevin Durant is, – is it going to affect his game, not having Kyrie there? I mean, what, what, what is your opinion on that? Yes, but no – because I think people are overreacting when it's like, oh, it's all up to KD. It's all up to KD. KD doesn't care. Like, he's going to care a little bit because it's his player. It's his friend. That's why he came to Brooklyn. And, like, he's yeah, it's his teammate. It's going to be – that's what I meant, not player. It's his teammate. He's going to be a little, like, upset. He's not going to be able to play with him. But I don't think he's. it's going to come down to, oh, I don't want to play with you anymore. I think it's going to be, yeah, maybe the, it's a little bit of a – Oh, I want you to play, but he doesn't. So, but I think Katie's, I think Katie's just going to accept it and just take on the role of, all right, I'm taking more shots. Harden, you got to take more shots. Well, we can take this thing over. We, we really don't care. They're, they're that good and they know they're that good. Like they're both, I think, in my opinion, they're both in a different tier than Kyrie as far as best players in the game right now. I don't think Kyrie's in the top five for a while. And Harden and Katie have been consistently top, top five players for the past five years. So I just, yes, it'll affect them, especially come playoff time if he's still not available. But 
not as much as people think because he's really not good, good, as good of a defender as either of them. He's not that good of a defender in general. So you lose shots, but you're gaining shots for two scoring champions. So, again, I, I just – maybe it affects him mentally. Maybe he's a little pissed off, but do you really want to see a pissed off KD? Maybe that, maybe that means he's just going to go on a rampage this season. I wouldn't be surprised. It's Kevin Durant. He's one of the best players in the game. So who do you see in the East, you know, being, you know, before we get to the Knicks, who do you see in the East being, I guess, the two or three teams that will give the Nets the most trouble? You always have to count up Giannis in. He just absolutely dominated last year, especially in the postseason. That finals run, it's going to go down in history, especially that final series. He looked absolutely unstoppable at times. The Greek freak is legit, and he's always going to be a threat to any team, especially on offense. Who, who do you put on him? Katie's he's obviously proven that he can hang with them a little bit, but he's also he's also not as big. He's gonna get back down, and he's gonna get he's gonna get his he's gonna get his in the paint. So it's always gonna there. The Bucks are always gonna be a problem. I can see the Knicks not really being a problem, but giving them trouble and maybe in a first round. Not first round, but a second round series. I think the, the Knicks can maybe get to the second round this year, hopefully. Get that first round victory we were, we were all wanted last year. But <sighs> tough series against the Hawks. I think the Hawks, they showed they were a problem in the playoffs last year. So never count out the Hawks, especially with Trey Young. He looked very good last night. It's preseason, but he, he, was, he was hitting every shot, and he just looked like an absolute maestro on the court. He's always he's already a Nick killer, and he's what is he twenty two? It's disgusting, especially because I want him to be a Nick. But what do you know? Now he's gonna average thirty thirty for his life against the Knicks in the playoffs. I'm gonna have to watch him take a bow in MSG every time he comes. It's pretty disgusting. What about the Sixers? I gotta see what happens with Ben. I don't know what's going on over there. Ben Simmons has been an absolute uh, – I, I don't even – I don't have words for it. I'm speechless at this point. Uh, I, I thought he was going to get traded, and now he's coming back. I don't know how he patches up those relationships. I mean, it could be easier said than done. Maybe he just says, I'm sorry, and they're all like, whatever. Because they know he – they everyone knows he can't shoot, and he knows he's not going to shoot. But I don't know. It seems pretty – it seems like it's going to be a big problem this year. I mean, how, how big? Is it on the court? I guess we'll see. Because Joel Embiid had an MVP run last year. So if he can do that without Ben, and uh, they did make some moves. They do have a pretty good team there. Tobias Harris stepped up last year. If he has another good year like that, uh, it's possible. But I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. So maybe the uh, – I don't want to say the Bulls yet, but – we, we, they have been looking good in preseason. They did get DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, two big-time free agents. I want to see how that – and they made, they made a deal for Vucevic at the deadline last year. So I want to see how that team pans out over a whole year. If they can make some playoff noise, maybe we see them against the Nets second round, and I, I would like to see that series. It's going to be a good one. You know, Boston is interesting. A lot of turnover. Uh, you know, new coach. Uh, Obviously, uh, you know, not not the team they were a few years ago when everybody thought they were going to be the team in the East. 
but Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those guys are really solid. Good, uh, good, you know, good pair. They're good tandem. Uh, what do you think? What do you see with Boston this year? Where, where do you think? Are they going to be anywhere? You know, are they going to be trouble for anybody in that division? I wouldn't be surprised. Jason Tatum's he's legit as they come. He's a killer. He's an absolute animal on offense. He hits every shot. He's got, he's, he worked with Kobe and he, right away you see the resemblance in the fadeaways and the tough shots he hits. And, he, and sometimes he has that mom mentality. So the team they built and the, the, it's always been shaky around him. They've never been able to really get to the finals and make a finals run. So can, is this the right roster? Hopefully. They, may, they got Dennis Schroeder. He wasn't great on the Lakers. Maybe he, he, maybe he can go back to being good where he was at Oklahoma where he was good in Oklahoma. Maybe you go back to that and get, they get the best out of Dennis Schroeder, but it's not a, it's not a great roster, but it's a good roster because Jalen Brown did take steps forward last year. So I see the Boston being a problem, but I think the Knicks are better than Boston this year. Wow. Even, even with Boston asked adding Marcus smart and bringing back Al Horford. Yeah. I mean, Al Horford is good, but the Knicks were just as good. As, I mean, the Knicks were better. I mean, not the Justice. They were the Knicks were better last year, and they added Fournier and they added Kemba Walker, who was on the Celtics. They took and I and Kemba Walker is better than Dennis Schroeder, in my opinion. I think he's. I mean, it's. I've been Dennis Schroeder never averaged almost thirty a game for a year. Like Kevin Walker, if Kemba Walker can stay healthy for the whole year. Kebba Walker is going to be an animal in New York. So I think the Knicks are going to be better than Boston this year. All right. One last team uh, that, that interests me as being, you know, somebody that can give, uh, you know, the Nets or the rest of the East some trouble. And that's the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, yeah. to, you know I honestly what forgot do you think that. about the Heat? Yeah, they're going to be an absolute problem. I should die. They will definitely give the Nets problems. They can make a finals run this year, 100%. They made, they made a finals run with a worse roster. They added Kyle Lowry, who's already a proven playoff point guard. That's hard to find. A proven veteran playoff point guard that can hit the big-time shots, who just made a finals run and just won a ring. Like, that 2019 run was pretty special from him and that Raptors team. Yeah, you had Kawhi Leonard going off, but he those other guys, especially Kyle Lowry, had to step up in the big time roles, and he made some big time shots. So, him, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, already a great two way player there. They're gonna make some noise. They are gonna make some noise there in Miami, especially, especially if they can get, uh, take advantage down low against the Nets. Bam Adebayo, he's a guy who can guard KD, and actually make the impact on the on the boards and the, he's a center like he's a center that can guard KD. it's just ridiculous so moving moving on to the next um you know obviously fournier is a guy that a lot of people are talking about right now uh there's a lot of uh reggie bullock the knicks are going to miss reggie bullock uh fournier uh you know is he a guy, you know, the last time we did this segment, we had Justin Fensterman on and he was kind of down on the Fournier signing. And, um, you know, how did, how do you feel about, you know, them getting Fournier and do you think that he's going to be an asset to this team? Yeah, I think everyone really just gets turned off by the number. Everyone gets pissed off and they're, Oh, they're giving them all this money. The last, the, the last year is the year that is the most money. 
and that's a team option. So if he isn't good, like it's only a three-year, $30 million deal. It's not that much money. It's really not. Or three, it might be, it might be a little over 30, but still. It's not that bad when you think about it that way. Even then, he's never averaged under 15 for the past five years. That's consistent scoring on a consistent three-point shot that he also proved in the playoffs that he can hit it. Last year against the Nets, he was really good at against them. Yeah, the Nets, they did take care of them in that series, but Fournier was one of the problems because he he had two good games. I think he dropped 19 and 18 because I think he had like five and six threes or something like that. But a lot of three, he hit a lot of threes. It doesn't really matter how much it was because it was a good percentage. That's all the Knicks need. If you have you seen what uh, Thibodeau was saying about getting uh, their three point up, I think yep. it must be forty this year. Yeah. If they shoot forty on the percentage, even closer percentage they shot last year, they were third in the league, thirty nine percent last year. If they can shoot forty threes a game at even thirty seven percent, that would be. That's going to be a threat. Teams are, with the defense they play, with the defense they play, it's going to be a big problem for teams in the playoffs. That's all. That's if three and D's. That's the NBA now. If you can excel in that, Tom Thibodeau, he's he's really got something going on in New York. I, I think people's got people got to start talking about it more because everyone's like, oh, it's the Knicks, it's the Knicks. It's not really the Knicks anymore. It's it's Tibbs's Knicks. I think he's got to take over, and people are going to really be surprised. Especially if they, it's going to depend on health, really. If they get if they get banged up early, but they have depth, they have depth. That's why I'm not too scared. That's why I'm not too scared. They drafted well. They have drafted well, and Emmanuel quickly. Deuce McBride looks good in summer league. We haven't really get to seen him in the preseason, but I think quickly's already proven he's one of the better guards in the league, especially off the bench. It's hard to find a good bench. One of the one of the in the playoffs, it's always rough when you're like, oh, I gotta put in my bench point guard. But when you put in Emmanuel quickly, sometimes he lights the game up, and you're like, oh wow, I'm back in the game because Emmanuel quickly just hit two logo threes and then starts hitting floaters from everywhere. He quickly he's a spark plug. I like the bench unit, especially with Obi Toppin. He stepped up big in the playoffs last year. He yeah, he didn't look he didn't uh, do enough to get too many wins for them, but. When the when Julius Randle wasn't playing at his best, they were able to put an Obi top and he was able to give them good minutes. If they can give him 15 minutes a year this year, that gives a good amount of rest for Julius Randle. Maybe he won't lead the league in minutes and be dead by the playoffs. I, I like the I like the fact that they go out and get Evan Fournier to even more depth. Even more depth. Yeah, he might not end up being a starter. Alec Burks is one of their better players down the stretch. If you have to end up signing Alec, you have to end up starting Alec Burks because you just they just resigned him too. It's not the end of the world. Maybe they trade Evan Fournier. He's not the worst contract when it's the team option. So I don't I don't overreact with this. They have too much depth, too much talent that Tom Thibodeau has just built this roster up with. I don't see this Evan Fournier signing being any really pro- any real problem. I think it's going to end up being an asset for them, especially with the shooting. He's proven down the stretch. I'm glad you brought up, brought up uh, Obi Toppin because I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that uh, Obi, uh, what we saw in the playoffs certainly is something that, and even at the end of the season, you know, when he got an opportunity to play a little bit, you know, he definitely looked like a guy that, that wasn't 
you know, the stiff that everybody thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season. Everybody said he was a draft bust, but I like what I've seen from Obi. And I, I really think that at the end of the day, that what you said is 100% true and that they're going to allow, it's going to allow, uh, you know, Julius Randle time to rest during the course of a game, time to rest in a game where the, maybe the Knicks are really up or they're really down. And, and that's going to be important, you know, having that depth during the regular season, you know, I hate the term load management. It's just, you know, it's basically making sure that your substitution patterns not only make sense from a, from a, you know, internal game standpoint, but also making sure that your guys are fresh, especially for those big, big, you know, divisional games and, and those big contender games where you want to send a message. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, uh, bringing back Kemba Walker, bringing Kemba Walker back to New York. Uh, this is a guy that clearly looks like he is excited uh, to be playing in Gotham. And I think that having him and Derek Rose and not having to ask Derek Rose, you know, to, to shoulder so much of the, of the, you know, so much, so much of the offensive load and having a guy like Kemba where the two of them can kind of play off each other, maybe even be in the same backcourt at times, um, you know, you, you touched a little on it before, but how much is this going to mean for the Knicks having Kemba Walker, not, not just to have Kemba, but how much is it going to mean for Derrick Rose as well? Derrick Rose was the best player in the playoffs for the Knicks. And a lot of people just look, look over it. Cause like, Oh, they lost. People don't realize that that proves that he's one of the better point guards in the league. You have to be a very good, very skilled player. To, to be able to be the best point guard on a team that isn't really shooting well and, and still being able to score efficiently. You should look over 50% from, from twos. And a lot of those shots were really tough to hit. There were a lot of tough layups, a lot of tough fadeaways. And to be able to do that under the pressure they were in, I mean, you're going to have two of the better point guards in the league rotating for each other, subbing it in and out for each other, they're never going to have a bad point guard on the court. The worst point guard possible they could put is Deuce McBride, and that's just because he's a, he's a young kid. And I just want uh, – he's the fourth-string point guard. Like, that, the, they would have to have too many injuries for that to happen. I just don't see – I don't see anyone not being – like, how are you not intrigued? And how are you not interested to see – how good these guys can really be. I think it's going to be the best point guard duo we've seen in New York in a while. Last but not least, certainly uh, the guy that you and I both love, that's RJ Barrett, uh, is a guy that showed a tremendous amount of improvement from, from, uh, from year one into year two. Uh, he is definitely the kind of guy, I, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier uh, on the Gotham sports machine earlier this year, but you know, if he has the kind of, and I, I think he's very similar to Jimmy Butler in the sense that, you know, RJ has shown improvement every year. And then, you know, then there was that little mechanism that went off and Jimmy Butler went from a nice player to a good player, to a great player. Right now, RJ, RJ Barrett is a good player. Do you see that transition helping or, or that transition happening this year and is rj barrett the kind of player that is has the ability to be that next level player i mean he has everything in place for it to happen right now he's got a great coach he's got a great team around him that's fitting every need if everything works out like 
I don't like why not? I don't see why not. He's he's the type of player that to show he's gonna work hard. He's gonna work on his game. He he wants to be a shooter. He wants to be a guy who can get in the paint and dunk on people. That dunk was sick in the playoffs. It was one of the bigger moments, uh, the one of the best moments I have had watching a game. Like if he's gonna make big time plays like that down the stretch, New York is always gonna love him. He's always wanted to play in New York. I think it's I think it's time for RJ Barrett to really show he's one of the better the better guards in the league. I think, I think you're right. I think I think I think you call I think you're gonna call it. I think we're gonna call it right here. You think so? Yeah, I think you I think I think this is the year that people did you did you see uh, have you seen the ESPN ranking? I did. It was not top 100 and rookies are top 100. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, and we talk a little bit more about the Knicks on this show than we do the Nets, but that's just natural because we're both Knicks fans. But um, it's nice. It's really nice to be talking about the Knicks in this fashion, that they are an up and coming team, that they are a team that that is a playoff contender, a team that, you know, could get to the second or even third round of the playoffs. And I think at the end of the day, this coach, Tom Thibodeau, has been so good. And, you know, it, it seems that everybody on this roster has bought into, you know, and let's be honest, you know, he's not an easy coach to play for because of, you know, the amount of, of work and, and, you know, and passion that he desires and that he asks for. Uh, would you agree that, that this is, that we're lucky to have this coach in, in, in this situation? It was one of the crazy – it's like it was a once-in-a-lifetime move. I have no idea why the Timberwolves fired him. I mean, obviously, there's something going on over there, but the fact that he ended up in the Knicks' hands is a blessing. He, I mean, he already showed. He's, he's already turned one of the worst teams in the league to a – not even a respectable team, a good team. It could be a very good team this year. So, it was an absolute just – one in a million. The Knicks, they have to be. I've, I've no, I don't know. I'm speechless because this has never happened to the Knicks. The Knicks never get someone that actually works out. How many coaches do we have in how many years? It was too bad. Too many bad guys. It was like, oh my God. Some of these teams were unwatchable. They really were. To actually watch a team that can play good basketball. Ah, thank you, Tibbs. He, he, <laughs> he deserved that award. He really did. He really deserves coach of the year last year. If he's gonna get, if he's gonna make a playoff contender now, that's when he starts becoming one of the better coaches of all time. Thanks, Jack. Look, uh, great stuff, and uh, look forward to the next segment, my friend. I look forward to it too.